Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in to the early line. We are live right here on Sports Grid on the early line. Very, very excited. On a Monday morning, I'm Kevin Walsh, joined, as always, by Donnie Wrightside. Donnie, how you doing? New week, new money, as we like to say here. Action-packed week ahead of us. The Olympics now in our rear-view mirror as we start taking a look at a full NFL slate of preseason games mm-hmm. on the horizon, starting with Thursday night football. I'm excited by this, Kevin. It's time to get it on here. August is already underway. No doubt about it. Seven and seven top headlines. We will start at the Olympics. USA finishes not only with the most medals at the Olympics, but the most gold medals narrowly with 39 overall. No, it was a very impressive performance here by the United States. I know it's pan, like, oh, they barely won gold. Oh, you know, it's a heavy favorite over China, 39 to 38. But also keep in mind for the United States, Kevin, more silver medals than any country, more bronze medals than any country. And look at the final medal count, 113 for the U.S. Team USA, China 88, and also Russia at 71. Great Olympics for the United States, even though most people probably didn't get a chance to watch a lot of things live here. But a good overall performance for me, Kevin. Lead the medal count all the way through. I'll take that. I think we will talk a little bit about the overall success of these Olympics coming up. How about in Major League Baseball? The New York Mets are now in third place in the NL East, and it's the Philadelphia Phillies sitting on top after sweeping the Mets this weekend. No, and how do you make up games in the win-loss column, Kevin, over the last 10 games? The Phillies 8-2. and two. How about those New York Mets? 2-8, and eight, a sweep, which was an amazing performance from the pitchers, from the clutch hitting that the Philadelphia Phillies had. An impressive day overall. Yesterday, they retired Roy Halladay's number, and what a performance by Zach Wheeler to honor that memory by getting a complete game shutout. Great performance by the Phillies. And me, hey, I'm shocked, and I like it. Some Phillies heating up in the awards markets as well. How about baseball's best team continuing to be baseball's best team? The San Francisco Giants. Couple of wins over the weekend against the Milwaukee Brewers. They're the first to 70 wins on the season. It's just working out, Kevin, and it's time to finally ring the alarm that says, you know what, maybe the San Francisco Giants are a really good baseball Mm. club, and maybe the Los Angeles Dodgers are not going to chase them down. Now, four games up in the standings here, as we sit here on August the 9th, still a lot of games to go, but I'm tired of the narrative that I've been putting out there, Kevin, that sooner Mm -hmm. or later the Dodgers are going to take control. It doesn't look like it. All this team does is put up wins. Unbelievable, especially that extra inning game on that Saturday. How about some NFL news and notes updates? Xavier Howard and the Miami Dolphins work towards a new deal. You can only hope, Donnie, that he understands this one. Yes, correct. And, you know, being the highest paid cornerback in football a few years ago and saying you don't understand why you're the highest paid player, well, it's up to your agent to try to explain the details. But even though, you know, when you're a really good football player, you can make some of those judgments and errors and you can sit out and say, hey, you know what, I want a new contract, you eventually get it. The Miami Dolphins made the right move. You don't want any issues with Xavier Howard heading into the season. Treat him right here. Renegotiate his contract at the end of next year. Guarantee a couple things here. Both sides worked toward this before getting it really into a sticky situation. Good on the Dolphins and good on the agent for correcting an error for his client. 
He led the league in interceptions last year. Brian Flores very forward saying that they wanted to keep him a part of that team. They are a team that is plus money to make the playoffs, but only slight at plus 118. We bring the radio audience into the fold here. We appreciate everybody that is tuned in to the early line this morning on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the mightier Titan 90, all of our radio affiliates out there, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside, sticking with the NFL Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts over the weekend, Donnie, becomes the highest paid inside linebacker in football. Yeah, well-deserved by this kid, too. You know, an unheralded kid basically coming out of college, an absolutely dominant mm -hmm. force. And it's interesting to see this, Kevin, because we're always told that, hey, you build your defense through the defensive line and you build it through the cornerback position. Nice to see a linebacker get paid what he is actually worth, the heart and soul, Kevin, of that Indianapolis Colts defense. Colts have been in the news quite a bit. Darius Leonard, 45-1 to 1 to a defensive player of the year. Any meat on the bone, we'll be breaking that down in our number one. How about NBA Summer League is underway? We saw Cade Cunningham make his debut. The number two overall pick, Jalen Green, was battling the number three overall pick, Evan Mobley. The stars are all out and getting after it, Donnie, at the Summer League. Yeah, they lit up social media yesterday. Everybody impressed with these young kids that we haven't seen a lot in college because a lot of them chose to go to the G League, and it looks like that decision has paid off. But also, look at the NBA here, getting more NFL-like. What do I mean by that, Kevin? 12 months out of the year, a complete news cycle where you're always engaged in NBA action. Good move here for the NBA. Looks like this summer league is going to pay off, and everybody seems to be watching. Also, yesterday, the FanDuel Sportsbook had futures odds to win the Summer League. The Detroit Pistons were the favorites at plus 500. They ultimately did not even win their first game. I really hope they bring these back up so I can get Donnie to give me a futures pick for the Summer League. One final headline for us here. Donnie's guy, Lionel Messi, looks like all signs point to him joining up in PSG, reuniting with Neymar, attacking defenses with Gillian Mbappe. A massive, massive signing, Donnie. From Spain over the France here, a big market move here for PSG. You know, you sign one of the biggest players in the world. You're going to pay him a lot of money, Ken, but also all eyes now in Paris, and that should be profitable for that team as well. Also, all this is about is them being able to win the Champions League. They're going to win Ligue 1. They always win it. And that's just the reality. Can Lionel Messi bring them to winning a Champions League trophy? We'll come on back. We'll recap everything we got from the Olympics next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.
All right, we are right back here on the early line. The Olympics closed up yesterday. I want to talk about some of the top headlines here. We mentioned the overall medal leader with good distance was the USA. They were also the top country in terms of gold medals, but narrowly. And in fact, at one point, there were live odds for this market, and they were no longer the favorites to have the most gold medals. So a strong finish gave them 39. China finished with 38. But that was a market that they were about minus 900 to finish with the most gold medals. And their over-under was 44 and a half. So all in all, Donnie, again, the how successful, it just depends what you're comparing it to, whether it's the rest of these countries or expectations, I would say. Exactly. And, and I guess you could look back and say, you know, the dominance of the United States. It's no surprise that Team USA won the most golds, won the most silvers, bronze, and obviously the overall medal count in the Olympics. But usually looking for that gold medal edge because that's where you show like, hey, we're first place in this arena. Now, I mean, there's always some debate like, now, wait a second. There's 12 guys on the uh, roster for Team USA basketball. You get one total gold medal overall as opposed to 12. I get all that. But that doesn't really factor in. That didn't just change overnight or from the last Olympics where, hey, we usually get 12 gold medals. Now they cut it back to one. But I think like the men's track and field, there seemed like, Kevin, a lot more disappointment overall in how the United States performed. But when you look at everything, mm-hmm. when it was all said and done, needing right up to the last day of competition to finally overtake that gold medal count. But you look forward or you look past it. 113 to the next closest competitor was 88 in total medals. That seems like successful. I mean, when are we going to start? Are we going to also start grading in the future like Team USA basketball where, hey, you know, they did lose a game. Wasn't that success? No, no. They got the gold medal. You won the more gold medals than anybody else. You won more medals than anybody else that has to be a success to me kevin and i think the you know the word success is really the perfect word when you have a lot of questions about this overall olympics i wanted to quickly though bring up usa basketball they did win gold they beat france with an 87 82 final france gets the silver medal and then went over uh with australia winning bronze against slovenia the women's usa basketball team won their seventh consecutive gold medal sue bird diana tarasi five olympic gold medals which is a tremendous accomplishment here and it was really interesting donnie because after winning the gold kevin durant draymond green saying i I can't believe people doubted us. Like, you know, let's call out everybody that ultimately didn't have faith in us. And it was this very odd thing where it's like, hey, listen, like, you guys for sure lost like three of your first four games. It was all valid. You lost the game to that France team. But also, you were always double-digit favorites. We always had the expectation that you were supposed to win. Again, a gold medal for USA basketball, but far from their most impressive. Maybe not, though. I was impressed by the game, actually, Kevin, because let's just take a look at the final statistics for each team here. You take a look at Team USA, Kevin, shoots 45% from the floor, 28% from three-point range, and 66% from the free-throw line. You'd say that's an absolute loss, but here's where the difference was made up. 18 turnovers for Team France as Team USA turned up the defensive heat throughout the ball game. Basically a wire-to-wire victory for the U.S. if you take a look at quarters. Won the first quarter by four, second quarter by two, third quarter by three. Lost the fourth quarter by three points. But obviously, you're still up at that time and just looking to grind that game out. An impressive performance because typically when we take a look back and say, well, hey, what are you going to do? Team USA shot 45% from three-point range. They were amazing in that game. They walked away with the victory. But when your shots aren't falling down, you can rely on some very very, very good defense, which Team USA had. And by the way, Kevin Durant, by far the best player in the world, also taking a look mm-hmm. at the starting five and said, hey, you know what? Devin Booker's going to play over 20 minutes and score two points. You might say, whoa, USA might be in trouble. Not so fast. 29 points by Kevin Durant, 19 by Jason Tatum, enough to buoy the team 87 to 82 in this ballgame. But also, we did say France, Kevin, was the play in this one, 12 and a half, and that one covered fairly easily. And so did the under as well. Felt like the gold game maybe a little bit tighter on the defensive side of the basketball. The big question coming out of all of this is how much is the world closing the gap? Ultimately, I think it's fair to say that they sent over a B-minus level team. Like, yes, Kevin Durant was there. They also punted on two roster spots with JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. They beat FIBA number two, Spain, FIBA number three, Australia, and FIBA number seven, France, in route to winning that gold medal. There is still a pretty significant gap, I would say, between USA and the rest of the world. How that gap closes by the next time we play, that is a little bit more interesting. The one other thing I wanted to talk about with this Olympics, because you can't ignore it. It's a massive point around these 
2020 Tokyo Olympics, Donnie, is whether or not this thing really was a success in, in terms of marketability and all these things. You know, at the end of the game, just saying, oh, it was a massive success. We, we all came together. But, boy, Donnie, I, I, I don't know. This thing did not really go off in the way a typical Olympics does. No, there was no fanfare, and that was the issue with it overall. So if you have no fans in the stands, it cuts away from some of the enjoyment level. But also keep in mind, from a U.S. television market here, me being on the East Coast, I wasn't able to get very many of these things live. And also the storylines. What That's what we love in life, right? The storyline plays out. You see a big NFL game on Sunday. You know, this guy's returning back to, you know, a place where he played before. Or Tom Brady's going back to New England. Like, you build that story each and every week right up to the moment it happens. I felt like I didn't get that from the Olympics this year, and I don't know if it was because because I didn't know when anything was live. Most of it was live in the middle of the night. And also now the advent, Kevin, of streaming services here. You used to be able to pop in, I don't know, three, six, or ten on your on your networks and follow the Olympic Games. Hey, coming up next, swimming, coming up next, track and field. But also keep in mind that when it's in your time zone, it's a lot easier. Prime time, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, most everybody is up. But you're talking about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. When these big stories happen, the news cycle moves so quickly, you don't get that buildup. And you're so correct because even looking from a – sponsorship perspective you know when you see like michael phelps go crazy in the olympic games everybody watches that in prime time you know where it is hey watch out michael phelps is going to be swimming tonight where can i be i need to make sure i'm on my couch by nine or ten o'clock that's not happening so that post olympic boost that you usually get from these athletes saying hey now they're going to come home you know where they're going to sell cars watches you know detergent mm-hmm. that you see most of these hey i saw that guy in the olympics this time kevin you see the guy up there oh he won who who's that guy that won two gold medals right there mm-hmm. you don't get the same hype this year it, it's the truth of the matter, and this all does tie into gambling. Look, I don't think very many people were betting on the Olympics, again, at least due to relative expectations. Like now, Earlier on, Donnie and I called this basically a, a glorified international basketball tournament with some other events going on around it, at least from a gambling perspective. And again, if you go big picture, the ratings tremendously down. The lack of crowd, Donna, you had mentioned, I'm sure certainly played a part in that as well. But also, where were the stars? At the end of the day, right? Like, USA Basketball brings over Kevin Durant. You could only really watch it on a streaming service. The Simone Biles situation did not help. We lost John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau right away when it came to golf. Big Mike. Not around. And he, like, he, at Michael Phelps. Like, if you go, you go through and if you ask, and this is the test, right? Who came away from these Olympics as a star? Who came away? And you're like, oh, that person is a star. Like, maybe in the future, maybe someone that you'll be, you know, excited to watch come 2024. But really the better test of that is ask your dad. Ask your mom. Who was their favorite person to watch this year? How many of them watched Katie Ledecky? Again, a well-known name. Had, you know, four medals overall in these Olympics. But how many people were... We're watching that, and I think that's maybe the big thing, Donnie, as you mentioned. Like, we didn't really have anybody break out here, it felt like, at these Olympics and capture the world stage. No, we didn't. The Michael Johnsons of the past, the Bruce Jenners of the past, the iconic moments out here. You know, Usain Bolt was can't miss television. Look, we're, we're you know we're United States citizens here. Loved watching Usain Bolt run. It was amazing. It was theater. Everybody had to watch at that point. And you are correct. Coming out of the Olympics, saying this is a newly minted star. I don't think we got to see all that much of it. Obviously, we know Team USA basketball. They're already superstars. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying like, hey, what track and field athlete came out of this as a huge star, and you're going to be able to mark it down the line? I just don't see it at this point. And that directly goes to the time frame that they were playing in because we didn't see him in prime time and we didn't get the buildup, Kevin. And that means a lot. Yeah, it, again, and it, it all correlates to gambling because then it's one of these more can't-miss things and you want to get that an extra investment and it just didn't necessarily feel like it was there. But the Olympics are now closed up. Major League Baseball starting to heat up quite a bit. Boy, the NL East had quite the shakeup over the weekend. That's where we will start when we come right back here on the early line on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, 
Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. Time to talk about the action from the world of Major League Baseball over the weekend. Listen, I mean, the Philadelphia Phillies have won eight consecutive games. Out are now in first place in the NL East with a weekend sweep over the New York Mets. They are now an even money favorite to win this division on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Donnie, that is an unbelievable result here for the Phils. It is an unbelievable result. And me, as you guys know, I am a Phillies fan. I'm stunned by it. I really am. And look, the season is not over. It's August the 9th. You still have the rest of August and all through September to have those pressure-packed games to see if this Philadelphia Phillies team can hold that lead. What do we know about the Phillies? Bullpen, not so great. You saw over the weekend, Kevin. Saturday night, he had a great pitching performance all the way through. Bullpen comes in a little bit shaky at the end, closes down like 6th, 7th, and 8th innings. But in the ninth inning, bring in a younger guy, gives up back-to-back-to-back solo home runs before Ian Kennedy Hmm. was able to shut the door. Yesterday on Sunday, Zach Wheeler goes, you know what? He ain't leaving this up to the ninth inning here, Kevin. Goes all nine innings in an absolutely dominant performance. And I know a lot of us have been saying this about the NLEs, Kevin. Is it really as simple as if Jacob DeGrom doesn't come back as the all-world pitcher that he is, that the Mets just can't get it done? They're not unhealthy. Outside of Jacob DeGrom, they're not unhealthy anymore. That is a healthy baseball team that is just not hitting at this moment. I'm surprised that the lead already went away, but take a look, Kevin. You know how leads disappear? Last 10 games, Phillies 8-2. and two. Last 10 games, Braves 7-3. and three. Last 10 games, New York Mets 2-8. and eight. From a lead that I believe at the All-Star break, Kevin, I was seeing statistics on 70% plus chance to win the division for the Mets. And has now mm-hmm. turned into like 30% within the matter of just a few weeks. We'll see if they can bounce back. But also keep in mind, Phillies did beat the Mets. That's great. But they got a big set against the Dodgers. You don't want to give those games back here, Kevin. So, again, high-pressure situations all the way through. I'm still going to stick with the Atlanta Braves because I'm not going to change one week later on what I thought about the Phillies and the Braves. Rooting for the Phillies, I think the Braves win it. But my goodness, Kevin, you are right. What is going on with the Mets? Just here is, I think, the easiest way to put this into perspective about the Mets. 27 innings for that offense to go out there and put up runs over the three games. Donnie, they scored in three of the 27 innings. Three of 27. That's a... That's impossible. That is that feels almost impossible for this team. They are constantly leaving the bases loaded with nobody out and not finding ways to score runs. And it's it's predictable at this point. Hey, what if they strike? We we were doing in-play sports tonight on the Friday, and Marcus Stroman was up, and it's like, yeah, but if they just strike out Stroman, ground out into a double play, bang, bang. It was like we had a crystal ball in front of us. And they were doing it against the Marlins as well, and that's probably one of the scarier parts here for the New York match, right, is you, like you couldn't beat up on the Marlins. The Reds came into their building and beat them, a place that's been difficult to win. Even the Braves got themselves a split in that series and then you go into Philadelphia you know the importance of that series and you cannot put the results on the table at the end of the day Jacob DeGrom is Jacob DeGrom it's one every five days like he would have pitched at most 
one game in this series, and odds are probably would have pitched the last game where they wouldn't have scored, and at some point the Phillies would have took one run off that bullpen, and they would have lost that game as well. Like The, the Mets are now plus 230, same number as the Atlanta Braves. It's, it's incredible to think that this team, Donnie, this quickly is going to go from a minus 230 favorite to win a division to the third best team in a division. It's, it, you're, you're exactly correct. And take a look at the way the game played out yesterday, Kevin. Right off the bat, a double down the line by Brandon Nimmo. Okay, here come the Mets. It looks like they're going to be in this ball game. Maybe they can touch up Wheeler early and steal one of these games to get some of the momentum back into the division. Not so fast. Like, what, 21, 22 straight batters? Zach Wheeler sat down after that leadoff double to put them in control. And also, bottom of the first inning, you get a home run by Segura and also JT Ramuto. A fantastic performance. Now, I, are we if looking at the Mets objectively saying, well, wait a second, Kevin. Wait till Francisco Lindor comes back and other team is intact. Francisco Lindor wasn't hitting 350 when he went out. He was a marginal hitter at the plate overall. So it's not as if Lindor gets back and gives you this huge bump. Now, maybe he reverts back to his MVP caliber self over the past couple years with the Indians, but hasn't shown any of that in the lead-up until he got hurt with that oblique injury and now going to come back and see if he can save the season for the Mets, so-called, because mm-hmm. you do need the ground back. You do need a healthy Lindor playing well. And I know there's a lot of doom and gloom around the Mets right now. They're not playing well, particularly in their last 10 games. They've lost the lead of the vision, which sometimes we talk about that psychological disadvantage now. No matter how bad you play, if you're a five games, six games, and you still look in the loss column or the win column and say, you know what? We're a game or two up here on the Philadelphia Phillies in the rest of the division. Let's circle the wagons and get back after it. That is now gone. You're playing from behind here. We'll see what that metal of the clubhouse is made of, Kevin, from having the lead to now trying to come from behind. Yeah, we've also talked as well, the Mets at times, it's felt less about them and more, hey, do you think the Mets are going to win the division? And you mean yeah, it doesn't look like the Phillies and the Braves can figure it out. And the moment those teams started playing good baseball, the Mets division uh, lead did evaporate here. I have to bring up the San Francisco Giants. We've talked about this team so much here on the show. Do we believe? Don't we believe? Do we believe? Don't we believe? They're 30 games above 500. The first to get to 70 wins in the sport. Nobody else is on 70 even yet. They're 71 and 41. And the result, it's, this is so far beyond beating up on bad baseball teams. Like, if you look at their last couple of series here, right? Let's just go over their last four series. Yes, they played Arizona in that mix. They also played the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Brewers. Donnie, they took two out of three against all three of those teams. Like, they really just might be the best team in baseball. They might as well be. Look at their splits, Kevin. Home, 35 and 17. Road, 36 and 24. A 63, excuse me, 0.634 winning percentage. 71 and 41. That's not a fluke. A fluke is when you open up in April with the lead at the end of the month. Say, hey, through 30 games where, you know, I don't know, two or three games or two, four games over 500. That's no longer the case. They are far and away the leaders in that division, Kevin. So then we take a look at the FanDuel sports books, and we always get these last still. Dodgers. Minus 140. Giants, plus 115 to win the division. There's still the skepticism out there. And I know it's it's human element, right? We know the Dodgers are the more talented team. And eventually it's going to take place. April, May, June, July, now approaching midway through August. They're still there, Kevin. And it's not they're not hanging on by a thread. They're not hanging on, Kevin, by one or two games here. They now have it up to four. They are extending the lead over the Dodgers mm-hmm. here. It's amazing to watch it play out because even when you take a look at the NF, the NL championship overall, the Dodgers are still favored. When you take a look at World Series, the Dodgers are still favored over the Giants. Even the division, the Dodgers are still favored. When does it end, Kevin? I'm actually enjoying this throughout the summer because it keep, keeps yeah. my little flame alive that I think the Dodgers are the better team in the division because, hey, the odds makers are still telling me this. But not the case, but I'm looking at my eyes. Okay, also, there's an odds boost right now on Fandle for the Dodgers to win the World Series. This is the second time they've done this. I gotta, We got to reach out to some people here. Like, are they just not getting Dodger money? I don't know what's going on. That's very interesting to me. But here's the thing about not only the Giants, but the Dodgers, in terms of let's just say their odds to win the National League. And this is why... We, and one of the way we like to phrase questions when we do hot or not, which is coming up, is, is there value on X? Here's why I can't bet who are now the two top choices to win the National League. Donnie, even if the Dodgers catch them, it is overwhelmingly favored at this point that they're going to play each other 
in the opening round of the playoffs. It is going to be either the Dodgers hosting the Giants or the Giants hosting the Dodgers. And I just, I can't get over that. Like, that's why the Brewers or the Phillies or the Mets, whoever you think is going to win those two, you know, the Central or the East, is so much more attractive to me because... And by the way, whichever one of those teams doesn't win the division has to beat you, Darvish, in a single-game playoff. And a Tatis, Machado, Cronenworth, Frazier, like, death lineup. Like, the NL West is without a doubt providing you, the, like, as far as top three teams. I mean, it's unbelievable what this division has to offer. But, Donnie, it's an absolute gauntlet that is going to continue into the postseason. You are correct. And here's what we usually look at with the Dodgers, at least from my perspective here, Kevin. We're looking at a team so deep, talented pitching staff, talented hitters. One guy goes down, another all-star pops in there. One guy goes down, we're going to get you know, even more players by trade, Max Scherzer, and you know, a, a plethora of other things that can work out in your favor. Now, as we take a look at heading in, Trey Turner, obviously at shortstop. I mean, come on. You got an MVP candidate that you just picked up at the deadline and a Cy Young award-winning candidate that you pick up at the deadline. So you're saying like, okay, we have 45 games left to go in the season. But then again, if we get you in the playoffs, seven-game series, our talent is going to win out. The point is so valid here. If they don't win a division, they get in a one-game playoff, anything can happen. The cream doesn't rise to the top, Kevin, in a one-game playoff. The cream rises to the top saying, look, the more we put out a good lineup, the better we're going to beat this other team. So when you're looking at a one-game here, what happens if you, Darvish, goes eight innings, two hits, and one earned run, and they go down three to one? All for naught, that monster payroll, the trades at the deadline. Nothing worked mm -hmm. out because they're not playing for a one-game playoff. They're playing to say, hey, look at this seven-game series that we're going to get into. There's no way you're going to beat our talent four games out of those seven. Not the case in one game, Kevin. It, it doesn't matter when you have Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw, when only one of them can start the game, and you have bullpen issues. Like, realistically... If it's the Dodgers-Padgers, which, is, again, it's favored to be, probably, in the wild card game, I would guess Walker Bueller gets the ball. I would think so. Again, that's a good problem to have against you, Darvish. Just think about what that number is in against the Padres at home. Obviously, the Dodgers are favorites. Are they minus 200 in that game? I don't think they're minus 200 against you, Darvish, and the San Diego Padres. Minus 170? Like they're gonna be their their playoff hopes will hinge on a minus one seventy single game elimination, and they're like plus one sixty to win the entire National League. It's an unbelievable situation. There's still so much more to get to in the world of Major League Baseball, and that's where we'll keep things moving with hot or not coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. It is time for Hot or Not. And this first topic here will help us talk about the AL wild card race, which is living up to the wild name. The Blue Jays never lose at the Rogers Center. The Athletics never lose probably buoyed by the Texas Rangers. The Yankees have the best record in baseball over the last month. I know myself, I can't believe that that is true. And then 
there is the Boston Red Sox, a minus money favorite just a couple of weeks ago to win their division, who now are one game in the loss column up on the Blue Jays and the Yankees and no longer are even the first wild card team. Donnie, hot or not, the Boston Red Sox will miss the playoffs. I'm going to go not on this. And the reason I have to say that, Kevin, I can't come out and say, well, I think the Boston Red Sox are going to win their division and, you know, they should ride off into the sunset and have a nice playoff run here to all of a sudden go to they are going to miss the playoffs. They are playing terrible baseball. Yes, I understand that. How about a lead yesterday? Would they have a five-run lead up there in Toronto and let that game slip away? And maybe they're putting all their cards, Kevin, on Chris Sale coming back and being a Cy Young-like performer over the last, you know, month and a half of the season. He's due to pitch this Saturday coming up. I think they get it together. They're too good of a baseball team. Yep, they ran into some COVID issues, but now, you know, J.D. Martinez back into the lineup. They should be full go as long as they stay healthy. And unlike the Mets that we were taking a look at, the lead slipping away, yes, they let their lead slip away in the division. But if you still look, as you said, at the wild card standings at this point, they still have a two-and-a-half game lead over the New York Yankees and a three-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays. I know they haven't played well over the past 10 games, but they can turn it around and just go 6-4 and four or 7-3 and three in their next. 10 games, which they've done basically for the entire season up to the last few weeks, they'll still be in contention here to make the playoffs. They still have a lead. It's two and a half games. You have teams fighting from behind. We'll see where the Yankees end up here, where COVID is striking that ball club. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here on Toronto. Once they leave Toronto, having all those good vibes here and get back on the road, maybe they won't play as good at baseball. It's interesting to watch this one play out, but as of right now today, they're still, I have a two and a half game lead to make the playoffs, and I'm going to go with that and say, absolutely not. They make the playoffs, Kevin. I'm saying they're going to miss the playoffs because here's my question, oh. Donnie. Are they that good? Like, the lineup is strong, but we knew that coming into the year. We knew the lineup was good. Their big deadline move was Kyle Schwarber. When's Kyle Schwarber going to play for this team? Like, they traded for an injured player. At the end of the day, you look at the rest of the AL East, the Blue Jays, Berrios, let's get after it. The Yankees, Rizzo, Gallo, let's make move. The Rays, first to the punch, bringing in Nelson Cruz. But as you said, like Boston's best starter isn't on the roster. It's Chris Sale, Nathan Avaldi getting hit up a little bit. Donnie, I know you at Team Total better lick your chops every single time, Pavetta or Garrett Richards. Take the mound here. We talked about this with the Phillies, and that's why the Kyle Gibson move was so important. Can you really be a legitimate contender when three out of the five days you're throwing Pavetta, Richards, and Eduardo Rodriguez? I... I'm not so sure that bullpen may be leaking a little bit of oil. I mean, the collapse that they put forward to Toronto was absolutely miserable to close out that series up 7-2 to two in that baseball game. George Springer is on fire, by the way. Another home run there. And here's the other thing, Donnie. Their next three at home against Tampa. Again, the baseball season lasts an eternity. There's a bazillion games left. But boy, does that series at Fenway Park feel like we'll know whether or not they have any chance to win that division. Yeah, they got to go two or take two out of three against Tampa. You are correct. And also keep in mind, you know, same thing, Kevin. Still a month and a half left in the season. So if they go one and two against Tampa, they're probably still going to be in the wild card lead for getting a chance for a wild card playoff berth. And that's what the most important thing is, getting to the postseason. But also when you're taking a look at winning the division, to the victors go the spoils. You're not in that one-game playoff at that point. So that's not the type of, you know, season you want to have. Like, hey, we're in the lead most of the way, but we still made the playoffs and we got bounced in a one-game playoff to another base baseball team. Boston had this division. I don't want to say locked up, Kevin, because we were joking about, hey, you know, Yankees, 10 games back. You know, uh, Toronto, 11 games back. They were cruising with this division, and maybe it looked like it was going to be between Tampa and the Red Sox to win it and nobody else. That's not the case. There are four horses now left in this race. Just look at the American League East here. Look at the run differentials, Kevin, uh, the top four teams in that division. Plus mm-hmm. 61, plus 33, plus 115, and also plus 123 here as we take a look. Uh, it's amazing stuff when you, t- when you turn it on. There are really talented teams in this division. We'll see how it plays out, but I still think the Red Sox are getting in here. 
I tell you though, the AL wild card again. I mean, you got the Blue Jays there, still that plus one twenty three boost. Perhaps going back to the Rogers Center was more important than Easy. we could have ever imagined. There, talked about it. I bet them missed the postseason. Thank goodness some of these other teams are winning. The A's lose uh, Laser Ramon due to a steroid pop. Don't worry about it. Starling Marte, all over it. The Yankees yesterday lose a game to the Mariners, where their COVID issues really reared their ugly head. Over. 11 with runners in scoring position. Five of those at-bats belong to Kyle Higashioka and Luke Voigt. That's Gary Sanchez. That's Anthony Rizzo. Those are guys that are not there because of COVID, so that will be something to watch. We always love to talk about the awards markets on this show, finding the value, looking for the value. And one guy through a number of points during this season we've brought up, we've wondered, could he possibly be in the mix, is now the second choice on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Donnie, hot or not, there is value on Bryce Harper to an NL MVP, a plus 400. Love the way it's worded here because it's, is there value on Bryce Harper? And knowing, being a gambler and you're watching odds go forth, odds, hey, 4-1 to one looks like a great price. Not if you bet a week and a half ago getting 20-1 to one or <laughs> higher. Do I think Bryce Harper can yeah. win the NL award? Absolutely now because the narrative is starting to play out. He's getting hot at the same time the Philadelphia Phillies are getting hot. And when you look at an MVP, it's who's carrying a team to a division championship or into the playoffs when you maybe didn't see it coming. Because a few weeks ago, the Phillies were just that 500 club, dead and buried. Hey, you know, Bryce Harper, you got to get it together. You need more RBIs. You, you know, you got to hit for more of an average. Now hitting over 300, every big highlight coming from the city of Philadelphia in these wins, Kevin, has to deal a lot with Bryce Harper. Keep in mind, in the Pittsburgh series, we were getting a chuckle, Kevin. He misplayed two fly balls in one game. What is Bryce Harper doing? Mm-hmm. $300 million player. You can't have this. And look at the narrative change once the Phillies started to pick it up and win some ball games here. Now he is looking like he might be the front runner after another week and a half of playing baseball games to actually win the NL MVP. It's a wild market to watch because when we try to equate it to the Cy Young market, when we look at Jacob DeGrom, it's equally as tantalizing here in the MVP race because you're still looking at Fernando, excuse me, Fernando Tatis Jr., a minus 110. He's not even on the field right now, Kevin. You know the last time we saw the big lead in one of these postseason awards? Mm. Jacob DeGrom, minus 1,000. Oh, he hasn't pitched for two weeks. Minus 1,000. Jacob DeGrom might miss another three weeks. (laughs) Plus 1,000. It's amazing how these things change, Kevin. Very fluid markets. You brought up something that is very, very important, though, to Bryce Harper's case. And it's why, at this point, I agree. I think the value is gone. Bryce Harper is not inside the top 10 for wins above replacement amongst National League position players. I know some of you out there probably can't stand war. That's fine. The voters care. And it's become an increasingly important metric as the years have progressed. Do you know why he's not inside the top 10 in war? What Donnie mentioned. He's been terrible in the field this year. He can't, like, for some reason, something's going on out there where Bryce Harper's fielding is dragging him down. Like, his offensive war amongst position players is actually inside the top five for National League players. The way war has been valued, I can't imagine a world where Bryce Harper wins an MVP award with outside being in the top ten. I might, if I get a big enough number, as Donnie said, be willing to play it, but at this point, Look, I know 4-1 to one and even money are not the same thing, but you have zero chance of cashing that ticket if they're not going out there and winning the NL East anyway at this point. It's easier to win a division, I think, than for him to win the MVP. I'd be a little bit more interested in that than opposed to the Bryce number, even if it is to 4-1. We keep it moving here. This is a question that I've been pondering a little bit, and I wanted to bring it up here on the show because, again, this big narrative, USA basketball, are they being hunted down by the rest of the world? 2024, hot or not, Donnie, Kevin Durant will be the best player on the USA basketball team. I'm going to go not at this point. And it's not because we just saw the Olympics where he was the best player in the world and carried the U.S. Olympic team to a gold medal. I love the narrative around that. That shows a champion basketball player that says, hey, you know what? Even in the COVID era where there's not going to be a lot of fans, we're going to be playing in the middle of the night, I still have something to prove. Wonderful performance by Durant. And also keep in mind, the next Olympics, have not four years down the line, three years down the line. So he'll be about 35, 36 years old by the mm-hmm. time that Olympic gets underway. A, 
is he going to want to go back? I mean, he'd been there, done that. I showed out last time for my country. I wanted to make a point that I'm the best player in the world. Now I'm getting a little bit older, so I have to rest my body more in the offseason to get ready to play another season in the NBA. But also doing a little bit of research, Kevin, you want to see who the up-and-comers are. Who's going to be in their prime in three years? So I did a little bit of backtracking here on maybe the best players in the NBA that will be eligible to play for Team USA at around 25 years old. Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson. There are some incredibly talented kids ready to take the next step in the next stage and take a look at their NBA careers and how that will turn out, Kevin. That's what I'm going with here. I'm going to say he's not going to be, because I don't know if he's actually going to be in the Olympics. I'm looking at one of the young five kids there that might be able to surpass him. I, I agree. And it's not a slight to Kevin Durant. Here's the thing. I actually do think he'll be on the roster. Listen, Durant, I've had my issues with decisions made. That's not the point. The fact that he was willing to go there and play Olympic basketball after what he did in the playoffs coming off of the injury is nothing short of tremendous. And if he, they do not win gold if he does not show up. Point blank period. They are not winning the gold medal if he does not come with that team. But he is going to be 35. And at the end of the day... Not everybody's LeBron James, best player in the world at the age of 35. It's just a hard thing to do. The one thing that's very interesting is right now, if you had to predict who the five best players in the world are, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Luka, probably all crack your top five. Obviously, none of them would be playing for USA Basketball. So that's why I am open a little bit to the idea in terms of the world trying to catch up, but it's always about the depth. I think you bring up a lot of great names. I think Trey Young's the one that does jump out to me, though. What he did with the Atlanta Hawks this season, I think the fact that they also ridiculously left him off the roster will keep him motivated. The one thing that is a little bit of a shame is that we don't throw Anthony Davis's name out there. Only 28 years old right now. You know, at times the best big in the league. But, Tony, I don't know if that guy is ever going to be playing Olympic basketball again for health reasons. And that is a little bit of a shame because he should be able to go out there. In no world could this roster count on LeBron, Kawhi, Durant, Steph, even a Harden three years down the line. No, you're exactly, and it's a great point you bring up because, yes, Anthony Davis is going to be in the middle of his prime, but when you're chasing championships in the NBA, you know, that's that's who you, you, you owe the team that. You owe the team to rest up in the offseason so you can be ready for the playoff run to win championships. That's what your primarily pay comes from, being a Los Angeles Laker and certainly being a champion and running your way through. I just look for that next wave of athletes that's going to be superstars yep. by the time they hit 28, 29 years old. The, the future of basketball for Team USA is very bright. Kevin Durant might be the best player in the world in three years and may play, but I'm going to go against it and say you know, some of these young up-and-comers, Kevin, they're going to take the mantle here. I still am heartbroken, though, that the starting five of Steph, Kawhi, LeBron, Durant, and Anthony Davis will never take the floor for USA Basketball because that would have been an absolute treat. All right, next, coming up here on the early line, we give out a hero of the night for cashing a FanDuel Sportsbook odds boost that I cannot believe cash. We'll talk about it on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Got to give the people what they want. They're going to call me KW, KW. Come on, where is it? Where is it? It's back. Don't you worry. It's time for Hero of the Night. 
Sunday night baseball, Battle of Chicago. FanDuel offers us a couple of odds boosts there. One of them had my attention, the other one not so much. You could probably guess which one hit and which one did not. And to give out a hero of the night, we, we, we simply must to Dylan Cease? Donnie, two strikeouts in the first inning? That's what the FanDuel Sportsbook obvious was. He had to strike out two batters in the first inning. It was a plus 160 price. Boy, I know the Cubs strike out a lot. That's not an easy ask. Apparently, unless you're Dylan Cease, easy peasy here on the night. No, how about that? Gets the two strikeouts in the first inning. And my favorite part about this, I get a text from one Kevin Walsh. He says, hey, check out these odds boosts on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So I go and check them out. I said, you know what? I'm probably going to lay off this one right here. He needs two strikeouts in the first inning. All they got to do is put the bat on the ball. Of course he got the two strikeouts and cashes the ticket in. And also on the way for the Chicago White Sox, yet another victory over their crosstown rival, Chicago Cubs. Eloy Jimenez gets five runs batted in. That's not the hero of the night. The hero of the night is the guy that puts the green back in your pockets here. And that was Dylan mm-hmm. Cease. Nice performance by him. Nice performance by the White Sox. They're going to be a good baseball club running into the playoffs. But hero of the night, absolutely. You won money, Dylan Cease. Congratulations. That is a true hero, Kevin. I always that no matter what, you know, I, I like to give Donnie his space. He tells me, hey, KW, easy, back it up there. But there's odds boost, so I got to run it by Donnie and check it out. Here's the thing, though. Eloy Jimenez would have been here the night if there was one more run in this game. It was like plus 250 <laughs> odds boost for there to be 13 runs in this game. They finish on 12. They had 10 runs through three innings. Oh, my goodness. And that was the boost that I would have played because... Well, I like playing overs. There was an odds boost for there to be like 17 runs in the All-Star game. I was all about it. Donnie's like, you're a maniac. Obviously, they didn't even hit. The- That's besides the point there, people. But Dylan Cease gets the job done. Hour number two around the corner. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.